Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal! You're my boy, boo! Yo, Adrian! I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah! TV. Nice! Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Dance, Carly. Uh, James, thank you all for joining me today on Press Day for the Mental State. Hi, thank you. Exciting, exciting times. Uh, I watched it last night, and man, I love the I love the story, and I love how like mental illness, how it like it shows you a little bit of everything, family, the way things are going through uh, as a person, as how it affects everybody else. For you guys, like I want to know, like what are you hoping for uh, the viewers when they watch this? What are you hoping to get out of this film when they first jump right into this? James, we'll start with you first. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think like for me, I always kind of lean on these three pillars coming out of the story, which is just empathy, compassion and communication. You know, hopefully um, I think a big thing is that we're not trying to generalize these sort of events and tragedies and not even necessarily trying to generalize um, what it's like to go through a mental health crisis like this, but to sort of just bring a light on knowing that we need to have a little bit more compassion from uh, for everyone kind of going through this. And I think um, the story really shows a lot of uh, a lot of people trying. Uh, it's also showing a sort of lack of compassion, perhaps from the systems that are in place for people um, and hopefully more communication and discussions around uh, resources um, for, for a lot of people. Carly? Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I hope that it inspires a chat you know, I hope that it inspires people to continue the conversation. I hope it it inspires people to check in on their on their kid, check in on their parent, check in on their friend, um, check in on the person that's on the street that looks like they might need help. I just feel like there's uh, a lot of opportunity to create dialogue surrounding these issues, like James said, to create more systems in place, and you know, it's 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 hitting the tough subjects but i i think that if we start somewhere the conversation can keep going and hopefully there will be a solution you know in our lifetime to some of these what about you yeah i mean uh the fact that there are places in the world that are modern that don't have these issues proves to me that it is possible that there is change you know yeah. it's not like this is an issue everywhere in all societies it's like no it's it's you watch this movie you know where you're you know where it's happening you know mm-hmm. um I, I i want there to be discussions too you know and i think that the fact that this is a um film that is not a documentary it's a it's a fictional story that is very real very realistic but because it's not an action it's there it, it it's not based on any particular thing i think that well it'll actually give people a license to discuss more openly than they might if it was like real mm-hmm. so that's what i hope is that people are able to maybe see a, a a different 
um, way of going about these things because you have a lot of people, you have a lot of people in this world, in this society that ultimately want the same thing, which is like a safe and healthy functioning world. Mm. And everybody is like, it's this problem and it's this problem and it's this problem. And there's so much disagreement on like what the actual solution is or what the issue is. And I think this film touches on a lot of different ones, which is good because it might make somebody think about something in a new way. You know, like it's not just about gun control. It's not just about, oh, well, if these people had more money, then then it would be fine. It's like, it's everything together at the same time. So... James, as a director and the writer, like, how did you decide to approach this film? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the sort of inception of it came from growing up in, in this sort of society, growing up with, you know, post-Columbine having lockdowns and having rehearsing <laughs> exit strategies as like a fifth grader and living with this weird paranoia of something like this perhaps happening and then seeing uh, Sandy Hook happen as I was coming into age as a, as a sort of young adult and um having thoughts to make a story about this because i just saw things like the news news not really covering um these sort of topics with a sort of breadth of empathy across everybody's perspectives the way i i wanted to see it um and so i started to have these ideas and i uh, discussed it with my then girlfriend now my wife, who's a fantastic actress, Remington Moses, she plays the counselor in the film, actually, Melanie Hansen. She introduced me to Josh Adele, who was a former uh, drama teacher of hers who wrote the play The Mental State. And um, it just dealt with so many of the topics that I was looking for in a story like this. And did a fantastic job of the family dynamics and, and trying to bring compassion to all characters. And he and I met and, you know, our sort of uh, desire for st- and heart for a story like this were in the same place and, and just kind of evolved from there uh, it just turned into this need to get the story out there I think like with every filmmaker and, and storyteller with their stories and then I just had a wonderful opportunity with uh, my co-filmmaker Ronnie Swinton help you know helping along the way and Matt Ein- producers Matt Einstein and Glenn Trotner being very supportive and and the co-writers of Josh Barclay and Jeremy Anderson and every collaborator just coming together and being really, really bought into the story and the heart of this, of this story. So you mentioned characters. We have Angela and uh, Andy. Uh, um, this is for uh, Carly Jansa. When you first got the like, description of these characters and then you read the script and the story, like what went through your minds? Yeah. I mean, um, the character introduction of Angela it, it, um references something to the extent of like years of pain and loss <laughs> so so it was it was a very um you know i, I you know what you're getting into when that's yeah. the character description and and it doesn't take long before we realize just how how um difficult angela's life is when we meet her with her um, she's currently sober, but she's been battling addiction for years after her ex-husband committed suicide. She's estranged from her sister-in-law, who's who's effectively the other provider for Andy. Yeah. Um, 
uh, she's, you know, um, in a relationship that is, that is not really going anywhere. And he uses pills to self-medicate. So that's not a great example for her and her sobriety. Um, she has given herself fully over to God and the church. And I think, um, that is, you know, that is one of her, her, her biggest missions when we meet her is to, is to lead Andy into the church as well, because she believes that will be his salvation for, mm. for the troubles that he's experiencing. And it's when, you know, I think she firmly believes like God will forgive and, and when the church turns their back on her, that's when she has to kind of come up with different means and different instincts on how to survive and save her child or to attempt to, you know, attempt to, to save her child as opposed to just perish under the weight of it all. So I think like, to me, Angela was not um, the prime example of motherhood. And I thought that was interesting about her. She had many faults, many foibles, but it was um, for me really important not to judge her and to very simply just have her try her best and come from a place of love for her kid. So it was like distilled down. It was just, it was a love story. And that okay. was, you know, that made it um, entrancing and heartbreaking to navigate. Yeah. I really loved what you said earlier about how at a baseline, this, this movie is like about protecting your loved ones, you know, um, in so many different ways. Every character is really protecting those they right. love. Like that's what that's what every character is doing is just that's, trying. To that's their whole them. mo. Yeah, mm. the best way they know how, right. and the best and way can, that they can given their resources and circumstances. And throughout the film, you could see that your characters love each other pretty much to death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James, uh, I don't want to put you. I want to put you on the spot. Uh, what were you? What were you looking for when you were casting for these characters? What exactly? was like the pinpoint for this? Uh, well, I was like, I'd love to see an actor named Jance and an actress named Carly. And <laughs> sure enough, here we are. No, um, I think like for me, I, I try to be very open with the characters and, 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 and everything. So it's not always like one specific thing that I'm looking for um, because ultimately like I can do what I can as a as a co-writer or as a director to see these characters, but you know ultimately it's going to be up to the actors to embody these characters and see what they bring in. And when we went through the casting process, uh, just meeting Jance and Carly and and seeing how I mean they both just gave like amazing auditions. Um, and then I do this sort of weird unconventional thing, I guess, of doing like a character interview where I try to keep them in character it's not really like i don't want it to be confused with some idea of like this method acting that's kind of out there sometimes but it's just a matter of like talking to them and see where their thoughts are with these characters and if they're connecting with the character and both of them did a, a fantastic job through that and then it was a matter of kind of like talking with them afterwards and um that's what led me to to cast them but i wasn't I try not to go into with too too many like preconceived ideas of what I'm looking for because right. it's great to be surprised because that that just means that this character is going to be something even even more interesting than I could have 
thought it to be. But, so. you know, just I just want to jump in and say like that level of openness, that exercise that James did with us at the auditions was um, such a telltale sign that he was also fluid and not rigid mm -hmm. and willing to play and and have this kind of openness and and discussion to create three dimensional, four dimensional, five dimensional characters. And mm -hmm. I think that like that to me, in, that in, that instilled in me so much trust in James as a director, like straight off, mm -hmm. like right off yeah. the cuff. How often do you have, uh, you're doing improv in an audition? Yeah. <laughs> right. Jan, yeah. so you have some, you, <laughs> you, uh, you got some powerful seeds too when uh, you're talking to your like your, your father and some of the seeds and then your uncle and some of the seeds. Tell us a little bit about that. About Andy's relationship with his, uh, with his father and his uncle and like, uh, how I even, how, even like how your aunt comes into the scene and nobody's there and she sees you talking to pretty much nobody yeah. there. Yeah. Um, well, you know, that's, that's the really interesting thing about people that die is that you still have a relationship with them after they die. Mm -hmm. Um, like even if they're not around, you still have you still know them, and and then what can happen, especially if with with tragedy, is that um, you know people can start to maybe feel their their mother's ghost or their their aunt living in the attic or like or people have these experiences where they felt like their loved one who's passed away was speaking to them, you know? And in the case of Andy, of course he was doing that, you know, of course he was experiencing these, you know, uh, spiritual moments <clears throat> um, with his father, you know, after, after he actually passed. Um, so it, it's really sad though, because when I, I just, when somebody, when someone dies, when you're young, you don't get to know them like in a adult mature sense. Yeah. So, you know, a child who loses a parent, they never got to know them really so there's a lot of fill in that happens i think um and you know you know fill in of what they should have been or what they or what you wish they were and so the guy that andy was talking to was not actually his father but it was it was Andy's idealized version of him, you know? And so that, you know, any, anytime you, you start, you know, taking an idealized version of something as fact is dangerous, you know? Um, but it was still comforting. So that's where he went with it. Um, yeah. It's like, it's so weird getting advice from someone like that. Because he, really, it's in his own head. So he's giving himself advice. And it's like, that's probably a spoiler. I should know. So, and uh, last question for Carly, too. With your scene at the end where 
you're pretty much like staring at the camera, the bottle of alcohol right next to you, and the camera goes black. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we 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 shot a couple different versions. Didn't we, James? We did, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think we shot a couple different versions of it, but I think we were, I think that said we were we were pretty resolved on the ending that is in the picture like mm-hmm. being being the ending because i think that you know this this woman is at a crossroads yeah of what she's experienced where she's going and how she's going to get there and um and to me i felt like it i felt it was really important to not make that choice because I felt I felt compassion for someone going through all that she has been through and all that she's about to go through still and continue to go through for the rest of her life. Um, I felt like it was important to give space to that because, you know, there you you never know what someone is going through and all we can do is have empathy and compassion for them and and hope that they have lifelines around them to help get them through and in this particular case she's you know she she has she has pushed away and has lost a lot um and I would like, I would choose to believe that she's a fighter and she doesn't succumb to the demons of the past. That's what I choose to believe. But, but, you know, people also uh, make choices when they're desperate for relief. So I didn't want to judge that. I I wanted to hopefully create a sense of um, determination, but also, uh, confusion out of the state that she finds herself in to me that scene is so like it reminds me of you know like let's say your house was burning down like there's there's a moment when all you can do is just watch it you know or like you know before all of the the real life oh look I have to go to work tomorrow I have to like feed the dog and all this stuff it's like sometimes it's literally just like complete awe of like your circumstances you know and that that is the difficult emotion is like not knowing what to do Mm -hmm. yeah so again, I want to, yeah, this was great. And I, I can't wait for uh, the viewers and the listeners to go check this movie out. I want to thank you uh, for joining me today on Press Day. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for watching. Thanks for having us. Have a great day, everybody. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast and our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Bye.